0: You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. Today we'll be talking about NISAC's recently published County Population Snapshot Report. This report provides an update on population data in New York State on a statewide and county-by-county basis, and you can find it on our website at nysacorg slash policy reports. I'm Kate Pierce, Multimedia Specialist with NISAC. Joining us for the conversation are NYSAC's Director of Finance and Intergovernmental Affairs, Dave Lucas, and NYSAC's Legislative and Communications Intern, Kaelin Vasquez. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation today.
1: Thank you, Kate.
0: Yeah, thanks. So to start us off, uh, can you give us an overview of the report and a breakdown of the different sections? Sure.
1: Thanks. This is Dave uh, Lucas talking. Just. Um, in general, the report looks at population you know, at a very high level, um, how the state is comparing against other states in the country, You know, why it's important, the population and census data, why it's so important. And we look at some of the demographic data and the changes over the last decade. Um, it's a pretty comprehensive report. It's got some nice graphics in there too, as well. Um, it's easy to look at charts and, and other things uh to help get the points across from the document
0: great and can you both um give us some of the key takeaways from the report sure. well, first
1: I'll, I'll cover why population matters and then i'll turn it over to, to kayla to fill in some of the blanks beyond that but you know it's very important the census data uh, it's very critical to our electoral and our congressional power you know, all the seats in Congress are divvied up based on population in each state. And the things have really changed for New York over the, the last um, 50, uh, last 70, 60 years, really. Um, you know, in 1960, New York was the largest state in the, in the country, most populous. We had 45 congressional seats. Um, and in 2022, we're gonna have 26 congressional seats. It's a huge change. It's a, it's a really giant loss of power. Uh, within the Congress, um, it's we're about 38% smaller from a power perspective and size perspective than we were in 1960. Um, it's also important to note beyond the congressional power and drawing the lines, we, we draw state lines and local legislative lines using census. Every year, the federal government distributes hundreds of billions of dollars based on census data, uh, whether it's for transportation needs, <laughs> planning hospitals, nursing homes, how to define, de- design public strategies, uh, public safety strategies, uh, and even forecasting future housing needs and where developments can be. All of this is based off a of census data, uh, and it's critically important the, the whole population count um, to every state in the country, especially New York. And I'll turn it over to Kaylin to talk a little bit about how our population has changed over the years.
2: Yeah, thanks for that, Dave. Um, As he was saying, you know, for the past 60 years, um, New York's population has changed dramatically. Um, So we can attribute this mostly to like other urban and heavily industrialized states um, that saw a really significant population loss as more suburban communities blossomed. And there was a large migration to southern states and, and on the West Coast as well. So during the 1970s, um, New York City's population alone had dropped by more than one million people. You know, and New York State as a whole would not surpass its 1970 population for 30 years until the 2000 census. Um, And then, as you go on, you know, you see through the 2010 census, New York did manage to cling to its third most populous state ranking, but by the end of 2014, they did drop to number four when Florida took the number three spot, and while New York should retain its number four ranking for some time, um, the rate of population growth over the last 60 years compared to the rest of the nation, it's it's not the same. It's been slow, and it's definitely a cause for concern. Um, I think it's mostly because the growth trend for New York just has not improved in recent years, right? So when you look at New York nationally, um, the state has remained near the bottom in population growth, dropping from the fifth lowest growth rate in the 1960 to 2010 period to the fourth lowest growth rate from the 1960 through 2020 period. So New York's total population growth of just 20 percent um, over the last 60 years is only about one fourth the rate experienced by the nation, which grew by 84% over that same period. Um, as Dave was saying, we have some really great charts on the report and we have one chart and it shows you the, popu- the rate of population growth for the top five states and the bottom five states. And through nineteen sixty uh, from 1960 through 2020, And the top five fastest growing states all have a growth rate at least 10 times greater than New York's over the same period. So um, that is concerning. But the slower population growth rate for New York is not unique um, over the last decade as the 2010 to 2020 census period did register the lowest growth rate since the 1930s for the nation as a whole. Thanks.
1: Uh, Thanks, Kalen. Um, I'll jump in here for a a minute and talk a little bit about how the counties have been impacted in New York State. Um, You know, overall, we've talked about population loss as a state. You know, that varies by county, but um, it's pretty distressing to see the population in in most counties of New York State. Um, We did a little bit better than we thought we were going to do Uh, between 2010 and 2020 based on the annual estimates the Census Bureau does. We actually outperformed a little bit um, in the the actual census versus what was estimated to happen. So the estimates for 2020 projected that New York's population would actually decline by over 41,000 people. It's about 0.2%. And additionally, it was expected that 52 out of 62 of New York's counties would lose population. But the mini bright spot here, and it is a mini bright spot, it's pretty small, um, is that the actual census count revealed that New York's population grew by over 820,000, which is a 4.2% growth rate over the last decade, and only 39 counties lost population. So that's better than what we thought uh, was gonna happen. And that could be due to a a multitude of factors You know, they use estimates. uh, They're not perfect. Uh, They use trend analysis that changes over time. Sometimes the numbers are off. And we also could have done a better job counting people in this census than we we did in the 2010 census. But um, even with this, there's a lot of national groups out there that uh, estimate that hundreds of thousands of people in New York were probably missed in the census and just weren't counted, Um, which is a little distressing because based on what the census data shows is we were less than a thousand people short of losing that congressional district this year. If we would have just counted another thousand people, we would not have lost a seat in Congress. So it's it's pretty important uh, that we are involved um, and make sure we get the message out at each census uh, so people can be counted.
0: It seems like such a simple thing just to take count of a population, but there's so many other factors at play there. Um, was there anything that stood apart in the 2020 census that was different than years before?
1: I think the one thing, at least from for, for my perspective, was I, I was surprised that we did outperform the uh, interim estimates between 2010 and 2020. Um, but still, it's just too many counties in New York State lost population, but it was positive to see that we weren't like dead last in growth over the decade. Um, We were more towards the, you know, we ranked 38th, I think.
0: Kaylin, is there anything while you were pulling together this report that surprised you specifically?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, So for me, it was the demographic trends for not only New York State, but for the nation. Um, so this year and going forward, we'll actually see an expansion of diversity trends, right? Because they included redesigned questions for race and ethnicity. So instead of just bullet points of like circle one, are you this, this, or that, they actually um, let respondents self-identify the race and ethnicity. They included more examples in the checkbox etc. Exec- check boxes section, and then they also provided a write-in response area. Um, So from here, of course, since now there's more options, people took them, and we actually seen a growth in, in all of our ethnic groups and categories for the nation. So what I thought was interesting was that The Census Bureau measures diversity using an index that captures the chance that two people chosen at random will be from different racial and ethnic groups, right? So the higher of that percentage, the more diverse the place is. So according to that scale, um, New York is one of the most diverse countries in the nation Um, While the diversity measure for 2020 nationally was 61.1%, the diversity measure for New York was 65.8%. And this number actually rose from 60.2% in 2010, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) In the full report, you can view a chart on page 13, which shows an increase in each county's diversity score. So with the exception of the Bronx, the average county saw their score increase by nearly 47% um, compared to 2010. And then for nationally, um, while the white population remained the largest race or ethnicity group in the United States, um, the two or more races population or multiracial population has changed considerably and they were actually measured at 9 million people in in 2010 and then now they're at 33.8 million people in 2020, which is a 276% increase, right? So I just think when you give people the opportunity to express themselves, they're gonna do that. And I think this population, the demographic uh, population shows that perfectly.
0: And definitely like giving more options to self-identify, you get a more accurate count anyway you get a more accurate read on the population um, with having the ability to correctly identify yourself. So that totally makes sense. So another question that uh, I had on my mind, and you kind of touched on this briefly uh, towards the beginning, is that census data really drives decisions, not only at the federal level, but at the state and at the local level. So equipped with this report and the information within it, what are some decisions now that county leaders can make um, knowing the population of their county and the diversity of their county and all the di- all the different data points that you would get from the census.
1: Thanks, Kate. I'll, I'll take a quick stab at that at some of the things, you know, you definitely will see the trends. Um, the county officials, you know, looking at the data. Uh, unfortunately, the trend has been pretty consistent for a lot of upstate counties that there has been population loss. Um, and you know, how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you manage and build out your infrastructure in in the face of a potential declining population? Uh, but it's not a declining population in every corner of every county. So you're going to have areas of your county that are seeing growth, potentially the city or a suburban area surrounding the city, or even, you know, a more rural area that has, um, got a new business located there where, you know, it's attracting uh, people to come to that area. So it helps you figure out some of those things. Like if you do have a business expansion, what are the needs of that that facility for water purposes or road purposes or electric? And how can you make um, your county more attractive uh, given the trends you're seeing, in your population and also in your in, in your demographics, you know, uh, a lot of upstate counties don't think they're very diverse, but in reality is as we refine these questions going forward, they'll realize they're, they're more diverse than uh, they initially thought. Um, and there's things that need to be addressed um, in those situations as well. Another area too is, you know, beyond infrastructure, um, there's different, there's a lot of different parts of infrastructure, but there's hard infrastructure um, that we talked about a little bit already: water, sewer, roads, bridges, you know, physical buildings, hospitals, clinics. But there's also soft infrastructure involved here too, because when you take a very deep dive into the census data, you know, you get into the um, earnings, um, the poverty situation in your county. Um, and that gets into a lot of soft infrastructure needs and planning for those things. Uh, are you seeing a trend um, in poverty that's negative or positive and how can you help those groups? Where are those groups located? Um, Childcare is, is a big issue today uh, and has been growing uh, especially during the pandemic when there's been restrictions. Um, and going forward, knowing what those trends are and your demographics and the, and the poverty, the education level of the people of your county, Um, That requires planning and planning far into the future when you see those types of trends. So it's not just hard infrastructure, but it's soft infrastructure and uh, quality of life issues become an issue there too, um, as far as parks and recreation and um, cultural activities. All of that can be, you can get that out of the census data and start start your planning on that. Uh, It's a lot to do for a county official. Um, but this data, having good data, is really helpful um, in making some of those decisions.
0: And as we're coming to the end of our conversation here, um, can you both talk a little bit about how this report was pulled together? And um, Dave, you can touch on how um, you know historically NISAC has put this report together and uh, why this is a resource that NISAC provides to our members.
1: Um, yeah, you know. Historically, NISAC has done population reports. Um, they've changed shape over time. Um, you know, Going back to the early 2000s, NISAC did a pretty expansive uh, report on population. Um, it, and it was pretty significant at the time because it, it really brought to light the declines of population that we were seeing in New York and that the trends were disturbing. Uh, and it turns out, I mean, the name of the report was the gathering storm and it was about, you know, if we don't do something to fix our population growth problems, we're gonna have additional problems in the future and they're gonna grow. Uh, And unfortunately, a a lot of that trend we could not reverse. Um, So we really need to look at our state policies in relation to, you know, is that something that's triggering population loss or um, economic loss uh, in a way but we follow up these reports and we try to update them a little bit more frequently now. Um, This was a big one because we have the census data that came out um, this year, the actual count. Um, In the interim years, census does um, estimates and we look at those pretty much every two or three years to update this report to see where the trends are going. We're still waiting for quite a bit of census data to come out Um, in a more user-friendly format. Um, There were some delays because of the pandemic uh, and some of of that data hasn't yet been released to the public. Uh, But we're hoping that um, early next year, some of that will come out and we'll probably update this report and expand upon it when we have more detailed information. Um, Some of the things we talked about is that we don't have in this report that we're still waiting on is Some housing issues, as I said, educational attainment, some of the poverty um, data is not available yet. Um, The breakdowns by age, um, by county. uh, Those are some of the things we're still waiting on. They go into quite a bit more detail. Um, They even have information on retail sales by county, uh, which is an important issue for counties because we collect sales tax on most retail transactions. So you know we will expand upon this report uh, as more data becomes available. Uh, And we, you know, we're really looking forward to see what that data is going to tell us.
0: Great. And Caitlin, can you talk a little bit about the process of pulling this report together from
2: your perspective? So, yeah. So as Dave was saying, you know, this was a big year where we were able to have all of the information that was accurate, actual data and not estimates. But since we were coming out of COVID and quarantine, there was a lot of delays in collecting the information and getting the information. So a lot of it was a lot of research and trying to keep on top of seeing when the Census Bureau was releasing information and when they had it. Um, I do think that we did get a lot of great information, uh, but as Dave was saying, there's still a lot more that we're waiting for and we'll hope to update it as it comes along. So this was my first time pulling this report together and it was really interesting. Um, It's great when you get to learn something in school and um, you see it from a scholastic point of view, but then getting to see the actual numbers and put the actual report together is a totally different experience. And either than just seeing the numbers seeing the conclusions that come from those numbers are great you know um seeing this final report come come out it made me think of a lot of things that didn't dawn on me before and why population is so important why this census um, report is so important so it was very enlightening to say the least and to see where new york is going um sometimes as A normal citizen, you know, we don't think about these things or we have our own view of New York. Um, And I can say that mine was completely different once I saw it compared to these numbers. You know, I didn't think that our population was declining so drastically and for so long. So that was just one example of how my, um, my view and against the numbers was so different. So this was really interesting and I was really happy to be able to work on this project.
0: Great. Now, is there any other observations from uh, this report or anything else that you would like to tell our members about what you've learned from pulling this together?
1: Yeah, I'll jump in there quickly. You know, we, we did spend a, a quite a bit of lead time, um, you know, the census is the actual census is once every 10 years and there were some hiccups and delays because of uh, a worldwide pandemic, um, which you know stunted the operation. But we started a few years ago working with the U.S. Census Bureau. They had we had we had them come out to a couple of our conferences, um, so we could get understand um, what they were trying to achieve. Because there's a lot of planning that goes into the actual count, a lot of pre-planning. Um, finding addresses and things like that. So we've been pretty involved um, working with New York State Department of State that was taking a lead on this and also working with our federal representatives and uh, the agencies to make sure we are ready to do the count. Um, and I think counties were pretty involved this year in helping to uh, guide uh, the local populations. We did a lot more counting um, online this year. People were sent Um, electronic files where they could fill out their census documents that way Uh, and when those responses end then they physically go out and do the count and that's where county officials were uh, involved in helping to make sure uh, different neighborhoods were counted um, and fully counted. So we were very involved with it and um, it was I guess satisfying in a way for me to see that the the expectations of losing population didn't come to pass. Um, so I think the preparation leading into the census um, showed us that paying attention to this important um, measurement that we take every 10 years is something we really need to be deeply involved in, even at the county level uh, and working with our partners in, in government at the state and federal level, and even at the, the city, town, and village level. Um, it's critically important to make sure these people get counted, um, and I think next census will be deeply involved again two, three, four years out uh, to make sure we're getting the pieces in place so we have an accurate count.
0: Great. Thank you both so much for taking the time to have this conversation today. Um, again, the county population snapshot report is uh, on NISAC's website at NYSAC.org slash policy reports when the eventual updates to the report come out, it'll be posted in the same place. So again, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Kate. And yeah, Kayla. thank
0: you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government focused conversations and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.